flavor of Ireland. Fourth of July, 1806, we set sail from the sweet home of Cork. Well, St. Patrick's Day is a few days away, but we have the St. Patrick's Parade this weekend. Fargo, you know, basically gets two St. Patrick's Days a year. And uh, and I want to thank uh, Tyler Axness for allowing me to uh, spend this hour on Afternoons Live. And uh, my name is Jack Sunday, humble boy, just trying to make it through the day. And uh, down through the years, Scott Mutchenbaker has been a frequent guest here on KFGO, and he's back. In, Absolutely. In person. It's great to be here, Jack. It's been too long. Executive chef out at uh, out at the Oxbow, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Good to have you here. Yeah. Uh, and when we ran into each other recently, I says, you know, we have to get on the air and uh, talk about uh, either Easter food or St. Patrick's food because those are coming up. And uh, uh, I thought we'd do St. Patrick's Pat- Day. And yeah. this, is, this is perfect because... What are we looking at? Today's the ninth, so we're state ninth or tenth today. Either way, we're uh, so what it's we're gonna the ninth. Yeah, so we're you know eight days out from uh, from St. Patrick's Day, so this is perfect, so we can get this recipe out. You know, because you have to brine. Um, we're doing corned beef and uh, cabbage. Yes, but you need to brine your uh, your corned beef for at least five days. So oh. You could let it go a little bit longer and have it ready to go on the seventeenth. That's what I did wrong last year. I I didn't brine it, but a day. Oh no, you got to let it go at least five days. I've heard of some guys going fourteen days, but to me that's just a little excessive because the salt in there that is doing the brining at a certain point it's going to have done its job, and fourteen days. I think anything past ten days, that salt has already done its job. And it's just gratuitous at that point. Is that all that goes in it? Is salt? Well, no, not just salt. So, uh, so I'm thinking about a five pound brisket. Um, that's about the size that you can get at any of the grocery stores around here. Um, so make sure you trim a lot of that fat cap off. Um, you know, be very, very careful because when you're cutting that fat, sometimes your uh, your knife likes to slip because you be it can be kind of tough to cut through. And if you're not watching your left hand and you're cutting with your right, you can that knife can slip out and catch your other hand, and well, that's a whole other that's a yeah. whole other problem. That's a great tip. Okay, uh, salt. Yep. So uh, for a five pound brisket, we're gonna for the brine, we're gonna do a gallon of water. We're gonna do about two cups of kosher salt, three tablespoons of pink curing salt, otherwise known as prog powder. You can get that at any grocery store. It's not super common, but you can go to the uh, to the, uh, the not the deli, but the uh, the butcher department. And they uh, just ask them for it, and they'll they'll have it. What what's it called? Prog powder or pink curing salt? Prog powder. Yep. Right. So yeah, for our spices, what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a quarter cup of mustard seeds, uh, three star anise pods. A quarter cup of coriander, a third cup of whole black peppercorns, uh, one tablespoon, oh, excuse me, three tablespoons of whole cloves, uh, four to five fresh bay leaves, or two to three dried. Uh, dried spices have a lot lot more intensity than fresh, or herbs, excuse me. Um, so, you know, you want to kind of scale down if you're not using fresh. And then uh, three chili de arbol. So this is a very spicy little chili. I, I like to add a little bit of spice to this just to give it something. It's 
it's not going to be spicy by any means, but it's going to be just a nice nuanced flavor that, you know. Is that uh, something you can get at the supermarket? Yeah, so you can find that in uh, probably the, uh, like, uh, by the Mexican food aisle where they have, like, the dried chilies and stuff. Chili Diarbo. Chili Diarbo. Very, very spicy. Um, I would take, uh, I would definitely take the seeds out of this because that, that thing can kick you right in the butt if you're if you're not careful. Yeah. But uh, so we're going to take all these spices and we're going to throw them in a pan, a dry pan, no oil or anything. And we're going to toast this on the stovetop. Now, make sure you don't walk away from this because those spices can go from perfectly toasted to perfectly burnt within 30 seconds. So you just want to, you know, kind of toss these spices on a medium heat until they start getting really, really fragrant. And when they get really fragrant, that's when you know you're that's when you know you're in a good place. You're done. Then you're done. Pull them off. Put them, uh, you know, pour them onto a sheet pan or something like that to kind of stop the uh, stop the process. Cool. And then uh, if you have like a coffee grinder that you don't mind grinding spices in, um, this is uh, that's a great tool. I mean, you can pick those up at any store for like ten bucks. I have an extra one at home. I mean, I have a, my regular coffee grinder and then I have my spice grinder. Um, and I don't intermix the two because you don't want spicy coffee, right? The coffee beans, you know. Yeah, the little electric, yeah. little electric thing. I can get another one. Yeah, get another. They're only ten bucks. Come on. Uh, so yeah. So then we'll uh, we'll just grind up these spices, and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna pour uh, about three quarters of those spices into the brine, and then we're gonna reserve a quarter of those spices for the actual cooking process. So then you're going to let that brine for at least five days. And after it comes out of the brine, give it a good rinse. It doesn't need to be perfectly rinsed. I mean, if there's a couple little flecks here and there, it's, it's not going to hurt anything. And then uh, what you're going to do then is get in a big stock pot, um, submerge it in water, dump those uh, all those, those reserved spices in there. And then what you do is uh, you're going to bring it up to a boil, and then you're going to drop it down to a simmer. And the reason you want to do this is because it's hard to just bring it to a simmer and then walk away. Um, but when you're able to bring it up to a boil, then you can adjust your heat. And you can see as you adjust your heat, when you bring the heat down, you can bring it down to a simmer. It's much easier to do it that way than it is to do it the other way. And another thing, don't boil it for too long because... Once you start boiling, I know it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but you're going to start uh, burning some of these spices. Even though they're in water, you're going to start burning some of these nuanced flavors, and you really don't want to do that. I mean, to the trained chef, they're going to be able to taste that it's burnt, even though it's, you know, boiled, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Well, how, how long is too long? I would say I wouldn't go more than 15 minutes boiling and then drop it down to your simmer. Okay. And then, so after that, then we're going to cook that thing for about three to four hours until fork tender. And what I like to do is actually cook my cabbage and my red potatoes and then maybe throw in some carrots and some other root vegetables. Throw that in like like the last hour of cooking and everything will just kind of be done at the exact same time. And yeah, it's great. And I like to serve it with some mustard. Uh, You can go Dijon. I prefer Coleman's because Coleman's has a little bit of spice to it. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, and, and I see that you have notes from which you're working. Yeah. So, will you let me take a photograph of that so I can post it on Facebook? Absolutely, Jack. And our podcast. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Very cool. 
Well, I appreciate that. What are some of your other favorites here as far as Irish St. Pat- uh, Patrick's things? Well, I mean, there's the obvious. Uh, Tall Guinness is always good. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, you know, the Irish whiskey is always good. <laughs> you know, to me, Irish food, I don't have enough experience with it. And to me, it has kind of just a bad rap. And, you know, like you and I were talking, like, you know, is corned beef necessarily an Irish thing or is that an American Irish well, thing? Well, when the Irish got over here and it was more accessible than, than, uh, than lamb, mutton, mutton, you know, <laughs> yeah, like that. And uh, so, yeah, it's an Irish American thing mostly. But when you go to Ireland, they knew, know how to make it very well. Absolutely. And, and uh, they also know how to make uh, their shepherd's pies and yep. all that. I like a good Irish stew, you know, use a. Good red wine, use a little bit of Guinness in there, really stew that down. You know, some if you can make your own beef broth, you know, some of these butchers in town, they have they have nice beef bones that you can roast off and really just get a really nice stock, really, really deep in flavor. And yeah, some potatoes, some peas, you know, just throw it all in there. If you really want to thicken it up, top it off with some mashed potatoes, throw it in the oven. Shepherd's pie. Thank you, Scott Mutcherbaker, for being here. Absolutely, Jack. It's, it's great to see you. It's good to be your friend. Yeah. And I'm going to take a – don't leave without me taking a I picture will not. of that recipe and because uh, I'm going to use it. All right. All right. Uh, thank you, Scott. Thanks, Jack. He's out at the Oxbow. It's uh, 448. This is uh, Afternoons Live with Tyler Axness, but I'm Jack Sunday filling in at uh, – oh, and we have a – do we have Two Tall Tom? Yep. He's standing by with us here on KFGO.